Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We'll be free of spoilers of future episodes, but don't be surprised if we've got some details from previous episodes going on. I'm Jason, and unfortunately, I am not wearing ruby nor silver slippers. And I'm Harrison, and like Cordelia, I am worth more than one pig? Was yes, that? it was a pig. Pig. Jason, what episode are we watching today? Harrison, today we are watching Angel Season 2, Episode 20, Over the Rainbow. This episode continues the Pylea arc. We actually do discover that the name of the of Lauren's world or Creflon Swath of the Deathlock clan <laughs> his world is named Pylea uh, Cordelia finds herself there following the events of the last episode and uh, goes on quite an adventure yeah and uh, Angel and Wesley uh, frantically try to search for a way to get there to save her yes uh, over the rainbow was written by Mayor Smith directed by Fred Keller and originally aired on May 8th 2001. How about a little intro music? Yeah. Thanks, Grace. Uh, Jason, why don't I tell our listeners what we're drinking today? I mean, if you want to. Uh, yes. We are drinking Boulevardier's, uh, which is a drink that I had the both the ingredients for and the knowledge of how to make it quickly without having to look up the recipe. Um, it is uh, equal parts uh, bourbon, uh, sweet vermouth, and Campari. Um, it's similar to a Negroni, uh, which we had in an earlier ep, and uh, I, I enjoyed them. So that's what we're drinking. Yeah. Shall Sounds we, good. Shall we toast? Yeah. Um, well, how about we toast to a friend of the podcast, Grace Robertson, who turned the big 3-0 this past big week. Big 3-0! Yeah. We, uh, we went to her house, had a good time, and got bit by a lot of mosquitoes. A lot of mosquitoes. The citronella candles did what they could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I woke up, like, woke up Sunday morning like, what the hell's going on with my ankles? Oh no! <laughs> it's like, is it mosquito bites or monkeypox? Mosquito bites or monkeypox? I mean, I'm not getting any action, so I'm assuming it's not monkeypox. Yeah. All right, cheers to Grace. To Grace. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like all the. All the tastes are kind of like there, but they're almost like fighting each other and sort of canceling each other. Out. <laughs> so you're not a fan? I'd have to say no. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you made it well. It's just maybe. maybe maybe it's the mix of ingredients. Maybe or my job might come home and be like, "Here's some what the fuck you oh, didn't include the." Also, there's like a bit of a strange aftertaste. That might be the Campari. Okay, I, I don't think I'm too familiar with yeah. that. It's kind of a licorice Yeah. Not my favorite, uh, not my favorite flavor profile. Well. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to come up with some clever thing. I mean, like, 
it's not Cordelia's favorite flavor profile to be enslaved, but it wasn't it wasn't happening. Well, speaking of Cordelia, yeah, so that's how you do a transition, <laughs> dumbass. Okay, well, I set up your transition with my bad transition. So. Um, Cordelia does look around and uh, wearing like a, a nice denim outfit that neither of us really noticed before. Yeah, I mean, she would have had to have been wearing it in the last episode, but I guess we just weren't paying. Maybe it was just not quite as well lit. Yeah, uh, it's very really, sunny. Yeah. Pylea is very sunny. Um, But, uh, yeah, and so she, uh, like, calls out Angel's name, screams out Wesley's name, (laughs) and she's like, oh, no, come on, Cordelia, don't, like, don't draw the hell beast to you. Yeah. (laughs) And she draws a hell beast to her, and uh, she... Someone in costuming was like, someone find Oz's old werewolf costume? (laughs) We'll yeah. just add some, we'll <laughs> dye it and add some horns. Yeah, I mean, I, so it's very interesting, um, if we want to talk about the budget of the movie, of this episode, <laughs> uh, it does seem like a lot of budget was put in, well, I made the joke that, uh, this, um, that the town that we see of Hylia and all the different sets are very Xena-esque. Yeah. Xena and Hercules. Um, it could be that they made it for the uh, for the show, and that's where a lot of the budget comes from because mm-hmm. or has gone to because uh, it does feel like we get almost no other budget anywhere else uh, because <laughs> it, like it, it's all gone into Pylea because we don't even do like a uh, we don't even do like a transition when Angel vamps out uh, talking to Gavin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, between the set for for this and all of the extras and their prosthetics. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of money. Um, it was funny, though, that I did have a moment where you made a comment about it looking like a Xena set. I was like, I had this moment in my mind where I was like, oh, maybe they, like, like used, like, the Xena sets, forgetting that Xena was filmed in New Zealand. <laughs> and so they probably didn't. <laughs> It really went over the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this um, this creature chases her, and when it finally catches up to her, it starts licking her face. Oh, this big old weird looking puppy dog. Puppy. Um, and uh, its owner shows up, and uh, guy's a real dick. Well, he's not the first. <laughs> well, he is the he first. He's the first. He's, he's not the, the last. In this episode, he's not the last. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, uh, he basically just starts calling Cordelia cow. Rude. Rude. Um, by the way, uh, I may have mentioned it before on the podcast, but, uh, I believe when I was taking German in high school, my, uh, teacher said that that is, like, in Germany, one of the worst things you can call a woman. Like, a heifer? It, just a cow. Oh. Like, eine Kuh. Like, calling her that is, like... Almost like uh, equivalent to uh, you know using the c word here. I thought the German word for cow was heifer. No, it's kua. Huh. What does heifer mean? Maybe I mean, I mean it does mean cow, but I'm guessing just not German. I mean, it could be a German word. I just haven't exactly heard it. Um, a heifer refers to a female cow that is not yet pregnant. 
So it sounds like it's a it's a specific mm-hmm. term for a, like a more specialized term yes. for a certain type of cow. Yeah. Now in German it is kua, die kua. It is also sometimes used as a not kind term for an overweight woman. Lovely. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um. But yeah. And so he uh, he then puts uh, he then ties her up, and or well he uses he uses a I don't even know what that is like it. It's like a leather leather yeah, strap. It, with like it's a like it's like a whip, but not a whip. Yeah. It's because it's not meant to whip. It's meant to like hold somebody, like the way that Indiana Jones like is able to uses whip to just like wrap yeah. somebody up um and then he like of course gags her because he says that cows aren't allowed to talk yeah it's the sort of thing like so what it does is it wraps itself conveniently right above and below her breasts which cool but it's like i, I feel like it's meant to be one of those things that i've seen before in like movies and tv i don't know if they're real but it is like a strap with something like heavy on either end that you throw uh, at someone's feet and it's meant to like wrap around their feet and like mm. trip them but it's not meant to like bind them it's, yeah, it's like, like a grappling hook for people right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was and the and the like, like the shot and the special effect of it like wrapping around her literally it's just a close-up of charisma's boobs um it's very it happens very fast but i was also just like come on y'all they looked lovely. This is not a comment on the quality of the breasts. Um, just in the exploitative nature in which I felt they were on display. But better than last week. So. Um, yeah, gosh, this is really annoying because uh, the Buffy Wiki has divided up the like the Los Angeles stuff oh, and no. the Hylia stuff. I'll try to like remember it as well as I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the host is, uh, I don't know why, why I'm saying the host, like, Lorne is, uh, at the bar, he's pouring himself a drink, and, uh, Angel is just like, how the hell are we gonna get this portal open, we need to, like, save her, and, uh, you know, uh, Wes is trying to tell him to calm down, but, uh, you know, Angel's just, like, he grabs the book and tries to, like, open the portal again, um, it doesn't work, so he's like, batteries are out, and he's just really mad, and, um, I like that Wesley, Wesley never loses his cool, but he also, like, he realizes after, like, I think twice telling Angel to calm down, he, like, just says, like, he doesn't do it again, he just says, like, let's go back to the hotel and find a way to Yeah, well, because he, he, he back, he is. Cordy is not Cordy. Wesley is offering sensible and correct advice to Angel. Angel is uh, not shockingly in a very emotional state and not listening. Um, but I like that when Angel's just like, "It's Cordy." Wesley's like, "Yes, you're right. Let's do it." And he does say, "Like I just got her back." Yeah. Oh, so that. Yeah. And they're uh, best friends. Best. They're friends. all best friends. Um. Even though no one will call Lauren by his name. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of requests that because he doesn't want the he doesn't want the Lauren Green reference. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Which I mean, apparently, most people just don't get now. Right. <laughs> um, the uh, 
Cordelia is at the market, and a um, and a woman got her hung like a roast pig. Yeah, rude. Like, yeah, she. Well, I mean, dude, it, like we can't just say that everything that happens to her is rude because we're gonna say that every single scene. <laughs> they full on torture her. Rude. But uh, yeah, and so this uh, woman, and when I say woman. I don't mean human woman. I do mean like, uh, like woman of the of. There seems to be a couple of different species in Pilea. It's yeah. not just Lauren species. Yeah, we've got Lauren species. We've got this species of uh, the, the 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 these this pair of people who are buying and selling Cordelia, who are like kind of got like pinkish skin with like saggy chin yeah. <laughs> skin, like loose skin flaps. Um, and then we've got these like. Um, cloaked men who are the ones who like cloaked I, 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 yeah be i heard it be in cloaked cloaked, men. <laughs> uh ensconced in fabric men uh who are like kind of like they're uh they've got like like a red skin with like kind of like black facial markings yeah it's a very Star diverse Trek, place like yeah uh, very much, you know, your various different styles of Star Trek alien on display. Yeah, you got like three different species in one uh, in one episode. <laughs> yeah, um, one of which is just has a different color skin and some sort of marking. <laughs> My favorite, of course, being uh, not in this episode, but in Star Trek, being the Trill and their. Oh, we just put some dots on their forehead, call it a day. <laughs> I mean. You you think that that's like the the cheapest they've got off, but I mean, I guess they, OG Klingons were pretty. I mean, no, not even like that. I'm like uh, thinking like maybe early seasons of TNG when it really j- was just like, oh hey, let's put like two little prosthetic things on top of your nose. <laughs> You're an alien. Congratulations. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but hey, you know, we love they, it. They yeah, we do love it. Um, yeah, and, uh, this, uh, this, uh, the guy who found her is, uh, trying to sell her for two pigs, and, uh, I love Cordelia's reaction to this, because, um, like, the, the woman just says, like, oh, there's, uh, one pig, and Cordelia's like, one pig? So <laughs> with, with the gag on, <laughs> and she, and, like, uh, yeah, and, like, this, this uh, woman keeps saying, like, oh, she's so old, she won't last. <laughs> Cordelia's just got this, how the fuck dare you? It's <laughs> so, so on brand for Cordy. I love, I love, and this is a consistent trait of hers. It's like, you are not going to violate my basic human rights. And if you do, you are not, you know, if, if you insist on purchasing me, you are going to pay my worth. The girl knows her value. <laughs> she does. Um, and she does end up like, uh, I can't remember what the final price was, but it was like a pig and a couple other things as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, she gets, a she then gets cut down and fitted with a collar. A very, very interesting thing because as of, up till this moment, everything in Pylea so far has seemed very medieval, mm-hmm. um, like pre-industrial age technology. But then you've got these shock collars, <laughs> and uh, 
I'm gonna Wait. guess they're magic of some sort. Instead They've of got like, remote controls though. Magic remote controls, Jason. Magic. <laughs> Those are called wands. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, and Cordelia quickly finds out that um, this uh, person does not like uh, when her cows talk, and uh, fu- and she's in for a bit of a shock when this collar electrocutes her. Low hanging fruit, my friend. Uh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, but then uh, she does. Uh, she does follow this woman to her barn. Um, back in L.A., uh, they're at the hotel. Uh, they're trying to get all the information that they can from Lauren. Lauren says that uh, he didn't open the portal at Bronmere. He doesn't want to. Uh, uh, what's the gift horse? Uh, like, what's the actual saying? Like, don't, don't look, look a, a gift, gift horse, horse in the, the mouth. mouth. Yeah, yeah, and that refers to uh, you know when you buy a horse, you typically like check its uh, teeth or whatever to um, to see like how healthy it is. But if somebody's just giving you a horse, mm-hmm. you don't like uh, you're not supposed to like look at it and be like, oh, this free horse isn't good enough. <laughs> I mean, once you get the horse home, you should still check the horse's teeth. In case the horse needs any sort of dental care. Um, so. Mm, never mind. Okay. I was. F- Lauren mentions that this happened five years ago. And I'll put a pin in that because I think that is relevant in the next episode or two. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you think it's related to Fred to Fred showing up there? Yes. Okay. I get no. I guess we can't say. Yeah, that. yeah. That's not a spoiler. No. They said that she's been missing for five years. Yeah, I was. I yeah, I was like it's because it wasn't said in this like mentioned in this episode. I kind of forgot that it came from last episode. So yes, I don't know if this is something that the show confirms, but I've always been under the impression that Fred and Lauren came through the same portal, just yeah, opposite opposite directions. Yep. Two ships passing in the night. Nice. Passing in the multiverse. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much. Lorna, Lorne does say that he, uh, he never wants, he consistently and constantly says how he never wants to go back to mm-hmm. Pylea because it is a world without music. Oh. No lullabies, no love songs, and, um, he thought that he was going crazy when he first realized that he could hear music and uh, they couldn't. Um, the portal, and when he came through the portal, he uh, found himself in an abandoned building that that he'd never seen before, which I assume is just like a regular abandoned building in, in LA. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he turned that building into Caritas yeah. and says that, like, the uh, thing that changed, the moment that changed his life was when he heard Aretha for the first time. Which. Yeah, woman it, was a powerhouse. It, it made me think of um in Superbad when uh like they like they're talking about um like Jonah Hill's character is like really uh really worried that um Emma Stone's not gonna go for him and uh, and uh, Michael Sarah's like pointing out like all like all these other guys that uh that Jonah Hill is better than. Jonah's like, no way, like, no, like, I mean, have you seen this guy? Like, he's got, like, he's had, like, an eight-pack since he was four. <laughs> and, um, and 
And you know, I think his name was like Sean or something. Sean, like, he's the nicest guy in the world. Have you ever looked into his eyes? It's like the first time I listened to the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what, what it made me nice. think of. Like one of those life-defining experiences. Yeah. What I love about this, this show has such an interesting way it uses music as like, and it's usually through Lorne. Yeah. Um, as like, music being like an ultimate expression of like, goodness do you, you know what i mean like like maybe not i don't know about goodness but it does like show like, it is like the closest thing to the soul yes yes no yeah that's exactly it and it's like it, it's like your your soul your true being is on display is like no clear no more clearly on display than when you're singing yeah yeah yes and it's like and, like, the way that, the like, the show... Like, obviously, the show is, like, showing us a lot of reasons why Pylea is a pretty horrible place. But, like, the one that really gets me before we even see much of it is this description of it's a place without music, which to me is just, like... Maybe it's just because I really, really, really love music, but it's, like, to me, that's just the equivalent of, like, this is a place with no hope or joy. It's just a place of despair. Yeah. Um, and um, I just... I I his description of it as such a place is like, yeah, we got to, we got to get Cordy the fuck out of there. So you're very much like on Angel's side right like, now. Like, we got to get her out of there because girl is fucking tone deaf. So if the only music she's going to hear for the rest of her life is her own singing, I'd rather she were dead, quite frankly. Wow. <laughs> girl is tone deaf. Um, it's, it's just a fact about her. We love her. This is not a comment on her character. Yeah, Team Angel really, uh, Team Angel really doesn't have, like, that that great of a singing force. No, it's just really just Lorne. And it's actually <laughs> very funny how many extremely strong singers you have in the cast uh, of the Scoobies, uh, which, you know, of course, we'll, 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 we'll get into next season. But, like, compare and contrast where you really just got Lorne. Um, like... And I don't, you and know. the fact that like singing becomes so important in this series, right? <laughs> like so much so that it's a running gag how bad of a singer Angel is. Um, you know, I don't know if we ever. No, we do. We do see. We don't see it much, but we do see Gun sing a little bit. I'm thinking of one specific. And well, they all they all sing during uh, "We Are the Champions." Yeah, but I don't think that's a fair judgment of anyone's vocals they're just kind of screaming still got the Um, still got the read from lorne i i think j august richards probably has a nice singing voice uh, based on like the snippets we get of him there aren't an overly comedic uh we are the champions beat um so yeah and uh and that's when um but yeah like they really don't get too much information from lorne apart from oh, portals are really the only way to get to Pylea. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when uh, Wesley discovers that um, portals are only opened uh, because they're psychic hotspots. And, uh, and opening a portal makes that psychic energy drain off and the spot becomes cold. So 
since the portals have recently been opened in the library and uh, Caritas, they can't use those. They need like a new place to open the portal. And uh, and Lauren does say, I think I have a friend who can help me. Can we talk real quick about Angel's... Uh, um, fuck, I can't think of the word. He's very happy to be proven right. That it was the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you the batteries weren't it. Um, yeah, but I just this, this is a funny episode. Like, also Wesley does uh, another thing that Wesley discovers is that the portal doesn't necessarily, um, like the portal uh, does not put if multiple people go through it, it doesn't put them in the same place. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, so Cordy and Landoff are actually, like, opposite ends of the world. Potentially, um, yeah. Yeah, and, potentially. And that's when Angel, like, starts freaking out a little more is that she's really alone. Yeah, that is such a... It's a good... Because, um... yeah, because, like, I mean, even if even if uh, Pylea was hostile, I mean, I, they they earned enough cred with, um, with Landoc uh, that... Um... He likely would have protected yeah, her. Yeah, he would have protected Cordy. Um, and... Uh, it also is just, it's a nice little narrative trick, like a writing trick of like, okay, we need to separate Cordy from Land Talk, but we also need the gang when they go through the portal to be together. So we have to come up with some timey-wimey bullshit. It turns out it's iron. Uh, Or metal of some sort. Uh, but yeah, and... Uh, while um, Cordelia is basically shoveling shit uh, and uh, just talking about all the stuff that she'd rather be doing, like, you know, being in her bed, ordering Thai food, um, she does heat, like, uh, she does get shocked. <laughs> She's uh, a <laughs> woman has the ears of a bat, <laughs> her, her, her new owner. But she also um, hears somebody say, like, uh, be quiet. And here's where she sees, and I mean, while she doesn't give her name, we saw her in the last episode. Yeah. This is our first actual meeting with Winifred Burkle. Fred! Yep. Amy Acker! Fred to her friends. Oh, Amy um, Acker. And, uh, oh, she is not in a good place. Um, and I'm not just talking about Pylea. No. Girl has, um, forgotten things, and, uh... Has like is babbling on about needing the math to uh, work out the portal and mm-hmm. just doesn't work. Yeah, uh, she tells Cordelia she was born there, and then immediately it's like, well, actually, I wasn't. But sometimes but, I tell myself that. Yeah, and it's like, and she's like, I know. Sometimes like I think it, but not with my thoughts. And it's like to me that it's like it's like she knows like intellectually that she came from somewhere else she hasn't been here her whole life but like she's lost that information she's been so thoroughly broken i mean poor thing oh yeah sweetheart feel bad for her and uh yeah and um cordy says uh oh well how would i get out of here and uh like that makes that makes her laugh that makes that makes uh fred laugh and uh, she's like laughing i almost forgot like she's that is grim baby (laughs) grim um However, uh... She's like, you don't get out of here. However, um, the, uh, like, local Pileans, uh, are 
like find her and like call her out for being a runaway slave and uh they take her away um they realize that uh probably an important thing to note she was able to disable her collar Mm -hmm. um and uh she was wandering in the woods but i think what brought her out was seeing that cordelia another human was there yeah which kind of makes me think humans are treated like slaves cows but um it doesn't seem like there are too many of them but also like uh they're still seen as a commodity like a common commodity so we haven't we don't see any other humans in this episode just yeah Uh, just just well well other than our game actually we do see like one or two when cordy has the vision and like they're in the market. Okay. Yeah, I there is that. like there's like at least one that's also got a collar on. But yeah, we don't interact with any other other than Fred. Yeah. And I, I'm presuming that these other ones we've seen came also essentially via portal by some sort of accident. Yeah. Or man, that 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 sucks. That is, yeah. That is like a um. Actually, it's kind of like almost one to one with Planet of the Apes. Yeah, uh, I was like, yeah, I, was, I was like trying to think, like, is this more bleak or no? You know, yeah. kind of one to one. Yeah, it's pretty similar. If, if you're unaware of the twist of the original Planet of the Apes, it's one to one. Yeah. If you are aware of the twist of Planet of the Apes, then it's fucking horrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, cannot recommend enough the uh, the original 1961 Planet of the Apes film fantastic movie and one of the best twist endings in cinema um if you know then you know uh but also just really good yeah um yeah also check out the new planet of the Apes movies so fucking good like beyond necessity like i remember going to see rot no i didn't see rise in theaters i just got it on blu-ray because i was like eh Watch some monkeys wreck some shit. That sounds like a good way to spend like two hours. And I was like, oh wow, that was actually like really good. Like, and then Dawn and War came out, and I was like, holy shit. Like, they make Rise look like fucking trash. And Rise is a good Rise movie. Rise is a good movie. But um, Dawn yeah. and War are just, oh. Yeah, and next I level. remember, um, so at the time I had only seen the first Planet of the Apes, and then when I saw that Rise was coming out, uh, I was like, oh, that. Kind of looks like it, because you know we were very much, and we're still kind of in the era where it's like, oh, instead of like putting a lot of emphasis on new original stuff, mm-hmm. let's like try to find new ways to like you reuse old stuff, and uh, and I thought it looked, um, I, I guess I thought it looked a little strange having the CGI apes. It makes sense to have the CGI mm-hmm. apes, but it just looks strange. And uh, I didn't. I heard that like it was okay from people, but then Dawn came out, and then I heard like almost from everybody that mm-hmm. it's just a fantastic movie. And I watched both. And I'm like, yeah, these are really good. Yeah. I'm still mad that I missed Dawn in theaters. I because of the three, I Dawn is I, my favorite of the three, um, and I really would have loved to seen it. We saw War together. We did on my birthday. When, um, and it was amazing. I fucking loved it. Uh-huh. Um, but I, oh god, I would. Dawn's like one of those if it ever gets like a theatrical re-release on like an anniversary or whatever. Well, I mean, you can get a pretty good experience over at my place. That's true. Because I recently got the uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy on 4K, 
so just food for thought there. Food for thought. Food for thought. Um, Anywho. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so Fred is taken away and, uh, yeah, um, Cordelia is just kind of like in horror of that. Um, so they've been like, it's been about 12 hours. Lots happened in 12 hours. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Oh, well, first we got a Lauren's psychic, psychic friend. Um, I love her. I This show is so good at creating, and Buffy is too, but I feel like we see it more often on Angel, of creating like these one-off characters who sometimes literally only appear in one scene, but yeah. they just have like a great personality or a really magnetic performance. And I was just like... I, I, I loved her. Yeah, she's got a... Um, her name is Agnes Belfleur. Oh! Um, uh, and Lauren calls her Aggie. Yeah. Uh, but Aggie's yeah. such a good witch name. You know? Yeah. Um, so... And what's really funny is that she is psychic, but she's also working these psychic lines <laughs> and just spouting off bullshit. <laughs> She's got very, very much, very much pulling a Professor Trelawney, um, but but on purpose. But on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I loved her. Like uh, she's talking to me, who's like, "You feel disconnected." Hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lord. <laughs> this actress, her name is Persia White. She looks very familiar with me, so I'm gonna. Um. Oh. Okay. Well, at least in Buffy, she's actually. She, this is her second character. Um, she was in the very first episode of uh, of Buffy playing the character Aura, who is what, Cordelia's friend, the one who has the body fall on her. Oh, no way! Yeah. Um, and I think there's an episode of Angel where she's talked, like, in early season one where she we see Cordy, like, talking to her on the phone. Oh, all right. She was a main cast member... Uh, for eight seasons, or at least from 2000 to 2008, so I'm guessing eight seasons, on the TV show Girlfriends, um, which I've never seen, but I know is like a very well-known show. Um, she was a recurring character on The Vampire Diaries. Oh, what was her name? Her name was Abby Bennett Wilson. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's, um, oh, uh, wow. I'm blanking on, uh, uh... Uh, uh, Bonnie's mom um, yeah uh, Bonnie's mom so she is like a, she is a witch that um, uh, yeah the Bennett family is a very very powerful witch family and uh, she tries to like get away from it and like leaves Bonnie there like um, on, on leaves leaves Bonnie in Mystic Falls but unfortunately, like, when they go looking for her, vampires also find her and she's turned into a vampire. Oh. Spoilers for uh, season three of <laughs> Vampire Diaries. Well, I really liked her. I mean, she's literally just in this one scene, but I just, I just, I felt, I felt like she popped. Mm-hmm. Like. No, you're, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, and, uh, and she says the, like, oh yeah, I can find the hot spot, but, um, you know, you're gonna have to go with. You're gonna have to go with these guys, mm-hmm. and uh, Lauren's like, "Oh, but why?" Um, and uh, but yeah, like and she says, "Like, hey, you gotta, like, you gotta go back sometime. Yeah. Like, you gotta confront these fears or whatever." 
and uh, like laughs at how just vague her, her <laughs> advice is to him. Um, but I love that this is like Lauren being on the other side. Usually this is his role. Yeah. Giving people advice, putting them on their path. And now he's got to take the advice. And he's like, fuck you. I don't want this advice. Also, is it just, like, Lauren's kind of a bitch in this episode. I know. I love it. Like, he, he, he literally just says, like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Oh, you're not. I'm not going back. And uh, they do eventually drag him back with them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you given the reception that they eventually receive, you can understand why. I'll blame him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, I mean, yeah, World Without Music, that just kind of sucks. Yeah, don't want that. No. Um, but, uh, at the hotel, um, Angel's getting more and more upset, uh, even though he doesn't seem to be doing any of the research, it seems to be all Wesley. (laughs) Um, and, uh, of course, what's a good way to piss Angel off even more? How about having a new a new face from Wolfram and Hart show up? Uh, and uh, Gavin Park. Hello, played, Daniel Day Kim. Played by the wonderful Daniel Day Kim. Oh my god. So I had obviously uh, I don't know I don't know why I said obviously. Like everyone Lost should know really this tried about to pull, Lost really tried to pull in a lot <laughs> of uh, Wolfram and Hart right? <laughs> employees. So I had seen Lost before I ever saw Buffy because I, I watched Lost more or less from its beginning. I had to catch season one via reruns over the summer between between the two seasons. But otherwise, I watched Lost live for its entire run. Um, and it was... Actually, it was probably like a week or two after Buff, or Lost series finale uh, that I started watching Buffy because I watched Buffy over the summer of my senior year of high, or over the summer but after I graduated high school um and that's when Lost ended uh, so when he showed up I was like it's Jin but he's a douchebag but he's probably gonna stay a douchebag in this role uh, yeah. and like have a great redemptive arc and then a not so great end of character arc but I don't, I'm not gonna hold that against Jin yeah um I love Daniel Dickin he's yeah, so he- hot he, uh, oh yeah, I totally forgot that he's, um, that he's in She-Ra and the Princess of Power. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, oh. I believe he plays, I feel uh, like everyone's in that show. It does, they do draw on a lot of guest stars. He's actually in nine episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, he plays, uh, he plays, uh, Glimmer's father, Micah. Cool. Um, the, the former king of, um, like Glimmer's kingdom, I, I can't remember, right? We're talking about shows we need to rewatch. I would love to do a rewatch of She-Ra: The Princess of Power. Fantastic! But yeah, he was recently in *Ryan the Last Dragon*. Um, he uh, obviously uh, he was a um, he was yeah. Looks like that's shows oh, not he... on anymore. He was a series regular in *Hawaii Five O*, mm-hmm. along with uh, a couple other like nerdy actors. Grace Park from uh, Grace Park from uh, *Battlestar Galactica* mm-hmm. and. Masioka from Heroes. Yeah. Uh, he was in the Divergent movies, um, and I'm trying to like think of if there's anything I knew him from before Loss. I feel like there probably was. Oh, he was. Oh, it said Scarface, and I thought he was in Scarface. <laughs> but no, that is a uh, that is in fact a uh, a video game of Scarface. Oh, interesting. Um, looks like he has just some like bit parts in. Uh, 
I love that he is like he doesn't just oh he was in 24 but yeah so it looks like he made the rounds on a lot of uh a lot of other uh tv series but yeah this is um i love him i'm gonna say daniel day kim third hottest lost guy after naveen andrews aka saeed and henry ian cusick aka desmond i mean that show had a lot of sweaty hot men on it. <laughs> it was a major part of my teenage years. All right. So anyway, we have Daniel Day Kim playing Gavin Park, who's pretty much going to be the new Lindsay, the new Thorn and Angel's side mm-hmm. from Wolfram and Hart, because I'm pretty sure at the moment Lila wants to stay as far away from Angel as she can. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so they have no... Uh, also, the, I love how this just kind of comes out of nowhere, because... Ever since Lindsay left, we kind of haven't been thinking too much about Wolfram and Hart. And uh, we've got... um, And so here they are trying to, like, show up, like, at the most inopportune time and said, Oh, you know, your lease is up in six months, so we're going to, like, appraise the hotel. And uh, he's like, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Bam sounded him. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. um, So I guess, like... I guess they can't really... Okay. Now I'm like... I'm working out in my head. So they want to buy the hotel when the lease expires and Angel's just renting it at the moment. So I'm sure the owner... And I'm sure that, like, Wolfram Hart can give, like, a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So, like, the lease is the only thing that's, like, kind of preventing them from doing that. Yeah. I Yeah, I feel like that was a thing when he... Back at the beginning of the season that it was, like a lease to buy situation mm-hmm. maybe i don't know i don't know i'm i don't know why i'm trying to say this like i understand what any of this how it works but yeah and gavin uh does say like oh yeah we'll leave but uh we'll but be yeah, we're, back yeah we're gonna be back and we're gonna like you know be exploiting loopholes and all that <laughs> shit. um so yeah like i i do like how um i do like how he is very much a wolfram and hart lawyer but he's also a different kind of Wolfram and Hart lawyer. This is, mm-hmm. like, kind of a guy that hasn't had to deal with Angel. And um, I feel like if you haven't dealt with Angel, then you've had a pretty good career at Wolfram and Hart. And you were, like, full of yourself. So he's got, like, this shit-eating grin on his mm-hmm. face that's just perfect. I mean, good job, Daniel Day Kim. You have given us a new person to hate on yeah. Angel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's such a contrast from Lindsay and Lila. Lindsay obviously had such a specific and personal vendetta against Angel um, that was uh, largely tied to his hand and Darla. Um, and he... He, he he would be almost irrational about it and reckless about it. You know, anything to fuck over Angel didn't matter what the consequences were. Yeah. Lila has less of that personal vendetta and um, uh, more, it's, it's weird to say that Lila has more of a moral code because I, that's not true. But like... It's a different moral code. She has a different moral code. She has certain lines she's not... She doesn't want to cross. She's not. Yeah, and that's that is not out of morality. That is to protect her own ass. Exactly, exactly. And she. Or fine, fine. And, <laughs> and she's like, she has, she does have resentment towards Angel, but she is more about 
she's not willing to risk it all the way Lindsay is. Yeah. And Gavin, similarly to Lila, is like crafty, um, but doesn't have this um, level of animosity. They literally just met. Mm-hmm. So he's more, Gavin is more, based on this one uh, experience, he's more like, okay, I'm going to use the letter of the law to like my advantage. You know, I'm not yeah, going to. Like I said, he, he's basically somebody who hasn't had to deal with Angel. Yeah. Which is like, I feel that if you haven't had to deal with Angel, again, you haven't had a lot of adversity mm-hmm. in your job at Wolfram and Hearts. It's like, oh, this is like the easiest job in the world. You <laughs> just have to be evil. Yeah. Um, and uh, But now you're like actually going up against like a force that is competent, that's yeah. also willing to stop you. So Gavin may be like trying to bite off more than he can chew here. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we'll yeah. see. Um, but, uh, Wesley, um, figures out that, uh, Wesley figures out that he, um, like, he sees references to, uh, metal, Mm -hmm. um, across, like, three or four different sources, and figures that that's tied into being able to, like, go through the portal and everybody stick together, and, uh, and um, Lauren shows up with like the location of where they can go to get to a portal. Then Gunn shows up. We finally get a, an appearance from Gunn, as we know, he's been dealing with uh, his uh, friend George's death. Yeah. Um, and uh, he and so they like bring him up to speed, and Angel's like, "All right, we need to like be ready for this." And uh, he says, "Like," and that's when Gunn says, "I'm not going." And. Uh, and Angel and Wesley are both surprised, but, you know, Gunn just lays it out. Guy from my crew died. I should have been there, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You talked about how this is going to be a one-way trip. So, I mean, I hope that you bring her back. And you can see that Angel is upset. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, I mean, Angel's very one-track mind, save Cordelia now. Um, yeah. But I, one thing I appreciate that he did, or in this case didn't do, is I'm glad that he didn't try to diminish. Yeah. Because um, I feel like even like even before like all the stuff that happened this season, like a season one angel could have been like, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Like Cordy's what matters. He doesn't say that. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. He recognizes that at this moment, Gunn has to have a different priority. Yeah. I feel like I feel like. Um, in the state that Angel is in, he might have said that if he said anything at all. But I think he's realizing that, like, look, this is how I feel, but I, it shouldn't be something that I should say. So I don't even think it's something he feels though, because Lauren has a line after Gun leaves where he like indicates that he's he. I mean, the joke is that Lauren's saying I don't want to go, but oh, Angel yeah. interprets it gotcha. as like. Okay. Like, yeah, he respects right, right. Gunn's decision, and Angel's yeah. like, yeah, I do too. I mean, I think he's ob- he's obviously upset and wants Gunn to come. Right. But it's, I mean, it is a mark of great emotional growth for Angel. Because, yes, I think earlier, even this season, pre, what are we going to call it, Dark Angel arc, yeah. like, uh, pre-Jessica Alba arc, um, yeah. that he would have, yeah, See, he would have diminished I, Gunn's... I know that I've mentioned before, like, how I get Dark Angel and True Calling mixed up all the time. True Calling is Eliza, yes. right? Yeah, because, like, I immediately, when you said Dark Angel, I'm like, oh, Eliza Dushi, I'm like, <laughs> wait, no, that might be the one with Jessica Alba, yeah. you said Jessica Alba. Um, I think both were on Fox. Um, yeah. Both got canceled fairly quickly. I think that's accurate. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and uh, so 
Um, the uh, Angel, Lorne, and Wesley get ready to leave. Uh, Angel does leave a um, a message on. Uh, he does leave a message on an answering machine, and it's not revealed like who he leaves it for, but it's like kind of pertinent information as mm-hmm. to like, oh, here's a do with the company, the hotels in the company's name, and all of that, and probably like a couple like I guess passwords and combinations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, back in Pylea. Back in Pylea. Uh, where the humans are cows. <laughs> um, Cordelia's uh, Cordelia's owner's taken her to the market and uh, is trying to buy a whole bunch of stuff and making Cordelia carry it all. Cordelia has a vision, um, and uh, the, the vision effect's a little different in uh, in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, we got like a little bit of like kind of a tunnel sort of. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like how. It's one of the signs of how different uh, Pylea is from Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also just, we should know, the visions are sent to her via the powers. So this is our indication that the powers have power, <laughs> have influence. They have a presence in Pylea. In this, in this plane as well. They have so. a Pylean presence. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, she sees... A person getting attacked on the edge of town by a draken. Remember those guys from last yeah. episode? Uh, and um, and so she's like, "Is an neighbor- I'm okay, by the way. Aren't you guys gonna go <laughs> save that guy?" And they're all like, "Curse, curse, curse!" <laughs> because you know this is clearly um, so. I don't know if this was meant to be obvious imagery, obvious like symbolism or whatever, but I do like the fact that. Um, that this, you could make the argument that, uh, oh yes, they have prejudices, they have, they like have human slaves, and uh, they're doing that because they're a primitive society. So hey, thinking that people should be slaves is a very primitive mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're like, witch, witch. <laughs> I mean, cursed, cursed. <laughs> and um, so she is brought before uh, Constable Narwick. Um, Fuck this dude. Yeah, this guy sucks. And um, he says that uh, he, yeah, he, um, yeah, he, he's just kind of like the law enforcement everywhere. And he was the one who found uh, Fred and took her off and kept telling Cordy to put her to put her face in shit. Uh, oh. But um, he uh, he decides to take her before a tribunal, and we get this very low voice person um sexy (laughs) thank you um in uh and he's hooded in a cloak uh because yeah that these are the becloaked gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) ensconced in fabric gentlemen that we mentioned earlier yes um and they said that uh and they basically say that they need to test her to see if she does in fact possess the curse mm-hmm. and uh you know Corey's not looking forward to it because there are instruments that look very sharp yes and we cut away from what happens to her but we like her screaming like carries over into the next scene for yeah. longer than is what you're t- i mean audio from one scene kind of carrying over into the beginning of, ne- of the next scene is not an uncommon Mm-mm. practice but it's usually like 
a word or like the end of a word it it like it goes on longer than what is standard on television and it's very effective because i'm just like don't don't you put a fucking finger on on my cordy well i mean they did they did yeah and uh you know that's the that's the rest that we see cordelia for the episode <laughs> or is it or is it um the the guys go to uh, the gate of Paramount Studios. Here's another thing that makes me think that they um, that uh, the budget was uh, kind of tight on all the Pylea stuff, or that the budget was used on most of the Pylea stuff, and everything else was pretty tight. Um, the fact that like oh the the where the portal is just happens to be a movie studio, yeah. So maybe like they just drove to Paramount and asked them like, hey, can we have like. 30 minutes <laughs> this scene. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, Wesley's research says that, um, oh, they have to have, like, some sort of metal linking them. In this case, they have the car. Angel so, Mobile. Yeah. Um, which beats his original idea, which is where they, like, try a fusion spell or whatever, or, like, a linking spell that could, like, turn them into just a grotesque combination being. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, yeah, he's 96% sure that this will work. And he's like, 96. All I right. didn't have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, of course, Lauren is like, oh, I don't really want to do this. But then Gunn shows up. Yay! The message was, in fact, for Gunn. Yes. Uh, I remember when, um, when we were watching the episode, uh, Harrison, you said that you thought we were meant to believe that it was for Buffy. I think um, so. And I... And it, it does seem like they went... They were trying to imply something. Mm -hmm. um, other than just, like, leaving, like, a letter for Gunn. Like, they they didn't make it clear at the time yeah. who Gun, who Angel was leaving the message for. Yeah. And I think because because the message starts of like, you know, we might not be back. It's very like personal and emotional, which is like what makes you think like, oh, he's, this is for Buffy. And of course, Buffy's not answering her phone because she's uh, currently catatonic. In an RV. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, depending on how the timeline works out. Um, I'd like to think that this is happening right around the time that the uh, uh, RV is happening i would yeah i would imagine because I, I i would guess that they go through because it's night when they go through the portal i i would guess that's happening around the same time that glory is massacring all the knights and kidnapping dawn so yeah the message is while they're in the rv I'm, that's my head cannon even though it's not for buffy um, but but timeline wise um but what because literally as it started i was just like oh wow i never realized he like left this message for buffy that's a little nice little detail and i love that but then he started getting into the details about, like, the deed for the hotel and this sort of stuff. And I was like, well, why would he tell Buffy that? Like, and that's when I was like, oh, shit, it's for Gunn. Yeah, and like, Gunn does show up and he says, I like, got this message and it sounded like, uh, sounded like the captain going down with the ship. And uh, he said, like, I'm going to be here for you. So, yeah, we, yeah. We we're glad that you're Gunn. I'm glad that he's here. I love Gunn. This is, like, one area that I wish... It's great to see Gun show up, and it's like, and like, yeah, the payoff of the message is really nice. I like it, but I actually really would have liked it, just a brief scene. Yes, maybe it would have spoiled the surprise, but a scene of Gun getting the message and making this choice. 
it, it bothers me that ha- that happens off screen. It really feels like it is sacrificing um, a moment for a moment for Gunn's characterization for this kind of like surprise Gunn actually showed up. And of those two things, Gunn's characterization is more important. Yeah. And like we've spent a long time in the last episode dealing with him dealing with uh, his feelings over the debt, like not being there for his crew. And then, you know, he makes a big deal in this episode of like, I have to be there for them. And so the fact that he changes his mind off screen bothers me a lot. Yeah. And um, I, I get that it's because, you know, he has to be there with all of them in Pylea. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like, cause if, he's the main character. Yeah. He's the main <laughs> character and it would just feel very strange if he wasn't there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it's I, a missed I, opportunity. It, it, it didn't need to be a long scene, just something short, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. And, uh, so the, uh, teen, uh, Wesley reads from the book and which, uh, which Lauren tells him to hold on to. And uh, the portal opens, and they drive in, a la Back to the Future. Yeah, it's very Back um, to the Future. <laughs> but And uh, just as in Back to the Future, the first time the DeLorean tra- we see the DeLorean travel through time, the uh, license plate gets left behind. In this case, the book gets yeah. left behind. Uh, so, whoops. Oopsie-doopsie. Yep, they go through the portal, and uh, they're like right in the sun of Pylea. Or Sons of Pylea. I am shocked that these writers, this specific group of people writing this show, were successfully able to resist a Tatooine joke. I'm proud of them because I think low-hanging fruit there. But, like, they've often grabbed that fruit before. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Angel's Angel's rushing to, like, Oh, God, like, somebody give me a blanket or something to help me cover up. He doesn't burst into flames. Do you he notice? Enjoy. Do you he... notice me not bursting into flames? Yes, <laughs> and if you guys didn't notice it, he will point it out <laughs> over and over again. It's... Uh, they decide when... They... <laughs> My favorite part is probably when he says, like, all right, we need to hide the car. Uh, let's... It's like, oh, there's some branches over there in the sunlight. I'll go get them. I'll go get them. <laughs> so sweet. But also just, like... It's very funny, and David Boreanaz does not get these moments a lot. Um, he gets them more over on Angel than he ever got to on Buffy. Yeah, but... um, and I think that's like a that is actually going to be a big part of a uh, Pylea is mm-hmm. the world's effects on Angel. Yeah, it's just it's very funny, but it's also I mean there was that moment in the last episode where he like kind of faked being in the sun while he was on. Cordy's commercial uh, shoot. Mm-hmm. And we saw, we, we mentioned that that was like such a great moment. Um, but it's like, it's it's funny and it's joyous and it's lovely, but it's also just like, it's meaningful. And I, I, I it's one of those things where I'm really glad that the show's, this show successfully marries the comedy of Angel's giddiness with, you know, while still being like, we're laughing with Angel, not at him. We're yeah. not laughing at him for his joy. We are laughing because we share in his joy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're about to, like, head to the, um, they're about to, like, head to, uh, Lauren's village, because, uh, he is near, they are near his village, and hopefully this is where Cordelia is. Um, and, uh, Wesley's like, oh, yeah, uh, one of you guys grab the book. And they're like, that's not funny. <laughs> um, and 
Wesley is so full of shit in this scene because why on earth would Angel have the book? He was driving. You held the book. You read the fucking spell, my friend. Yes, you read the incantation that opened up the portal, trying to pass it off on Angel. That's not going to fly, man. I get that, like... I get that, um... I get that so, I get that they were doing it for like humor, but somebody should have called Wes out on his bullshit. <laughs> and it um, should have been Gun. It should have been Gun. <laughs> um, but uh, Gun, uh, but yeah. Um, but then Wesley figures out that like, oh, if the book's only purpose is to open up portals to Pylea, then it only exists on Earth. Yeah. Um, is this piece of plot a bit of a contrivance to ensure they don't have an easy way home? Yes. Does the actual, like, magic logic work out as far as magic logic can? Yeah, yeah actually. Sure. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I buy that. Yeah, so uh, they decide that, um, you know, before we worry about getting home, let's find Cordelia, let's do what mm-hmm. we came here to do. Um, and uh, when they get to town, um, Lauren says, like, oh, I know this guy, we grew up together. <laughs> like, you guys wait back here and I'll go figure out what's up. And uh, he's not there for too long before they call him out for being a deserter and a traitor, and he's running away. And they're and the whole gang is cornered in the center of town with a whole without any weapons. They don't have any weapons on them, and they've got like just a whole bunch of uh, Pylians ready to fight. And so uh, they're like, "All right, it's been good good working with you, gentlemen." And so they they get into they get into the fight and. Uh, it actually does look like they're doing fairly well, as Wesley points out. I think we're winning. Smash cut! <laughs> Smash cut to them being tied up at the So fountain. funny. Yes. So fucking funny. Um, and also, I just I just had this thought, though. Lorne, you knew... Why didn't you tell them to bring weapons? First of all, why didn't they just bring weapons? But also, I feel like Lorne should have been just like, oh, just by the by, your kind, not treated well. He does say that. Like, okay, so they yeah, just didn't no, listen. Yeah, he, he does he does say, like, oh, I feel really bad for Cordy being there looking like she does. And they're like, what do you mean? Like a human. Um, he says that while they're still on Earth. Well, they should have listened, and they should have brought some weapons. Yeah, I mean, they bring weapons everywhere they go. They, why, they, why? they take their fucking weapons to the grocery store. Why didn't they bring weapons to this hostile dimension that they chose to go to? So, ah! yeah. So, what uh, is the deal with this angel investigations team? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, like, I, I just know that you aren't too familiar with Seinfeld, so it's weird to see you do that. But I know that thing. Okay. I know that's a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, they are taken to... Uh, Wesley, Angel, and Gunn are taken to a, uh, a prison cell. They kind of w- wonder what happened to Lorne. Um, and... Uh, yeah, they're they're trying to find ways out. Um, Gun cannot break the enchanted metal cups <laughs> around his wrist. I love that. I love that. Wes is like, oh really? And he's like, no, I just want to make myself feel better. And uh, and Fair the enough. impenetrable wall looks very impenetrable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Angel can hear that um, they're talking about a uh, a girl that has been cursed. And uh, they talk about uh, the covenant. Did they mention that? Mm-hmm. Yes, they talk about a covenant, and uh, then they're like being taken to be executed uh, at the castle. They're taken to be sentenced at yeah. the castle. They see that uh, Lorne has been questioned. 
um, but they are going to be taken in front of the monarch. Uh, they try to escape when being taken into the monarch's room. Angel just fails miserably. Yeah, terrible um, job, guys. And then when they look up, they see that the monarch is, in fact, Cordelia wearing a sequined bikini and mini jewels. So... We can't see all of this outfit in this episode. Just the way she's se- seated, we're not going to get like the full effect of it until the next episode. But I just want to say, I love, I fucking love the Princess Cordy outfit. It is, it is revealing in a way that I was bitching about in Belonging with her the bikini they put her in. Like it is, but it is a revealing. regal revealing. Yeah, it's like it. It's revealing in a way that doesn't feel like grossly sexualized i'm gonna so i'm gonna make a really weird comparison and i hope this makes sense it is the difference but in um in in um what harley quinn wears in suicide squad to what she wears in birds of prey it's still sexy it's still like it's still like revealing but it's not specifically meant to be leered at. Yeah, like, it, it's more of just a, uh, it's a statement of how, hey, I'm in control of my sexuality and yeah. what I display. Yes. And, um, yeah, and I feel like this is, like, an outfit that, um, Cordy would have picked out. I agree. Um. And I love her, hey guys. And then, like, that jaunty little music note we end on, like, do do Um, also forgot to mention that, uh, when they're in the prison cell, they do, in fact, uh, like, Wesley makes the comparison to being in the Tower of London. <laughs> and Angel's like, it's not that bad. Okay, so, not being a super big history buff, and maybe this is something we should ask John, unless you know the answer, but, like, by the time Angel would be around, would the Tower of London really have still been used for that purpose? It could be. I mean, uh, the Tower of London is still standing. Well, um, I know it's still, yeah. like, there, um, but, it, like... It, now it is but mostly, now it's yeah, unit it's headquarters. Museum. It's a museum. It's the um, unit headquarters. You can't be telling people that. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's a museum. It's got. It's a really cool museum too. Uh, lots of uh, lots of cool like arms and suits of armor. Um, I don't know. Like if we're talking Angel being like the early or the late seventeen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds, I could easily see like them still having like political prisoners there. Um, even if like, uh, you know, if they thought it was just too expensive to ship them off to Australia. I'm fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm like on the Wikipedia page, but it's, it's a, it's an extensive Wikipedia page. So I don't think I'm going to find the information. So the Tower of London is where the crown jewels are. I did see that. Um, and I have seen the crown jewels. Uh, Giggity. Oh, I've seen the crown jewels and by seeing the crown jewels, I mean, I've seen Josh O'Connor, who played Prince Charles on The Crown, naked in the film uh, God's Own Country, which is a really wonderful film, not just because Hot Guy's naked, but it's actually like a really beautiful queer Uh, love story. I feel like you took us just a long way to get to a hot guy being naked. Yes. I will take any route to a hot guy naked, John. Jason. (laughs) Whoa! That's a lot to unpack there. So uh, yeah, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the episode. We get we get the ending of uh, the reveal that Cordy is in fact the monarch, um, and that is over the rainbow. Over the rainbow. Can you imagine the 
the whiplash <laughs> of watching this if you were watching live as it aired right after you watched the completely devastating ending of Spiral. Yeah. Like, it, it was kind of whiplash for me. And we did that last week. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, yeah. like, I, And you've mentioned it before. Um, the ending of Buffy Season 5 is very bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, and while the storyline feels like it kind of came out of nowhere in Angel Season 2... It is a nice it, breather. Yes, it... I, and I kind of wonder if maybe there's some coordination of like, hey, let's have like something a little lighter fare. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, isn't just like a breather for what's going on in Buffy, but also a breather after everything that happened in yeah. season two of Angel. Well, because we get, we have a bleak in season two of Angel. It, it was, it was a really bleak season. And it, and like, you know, the, the season arc ended episodes, like a couple episodes ago. And I think that is right. I think. I, I, I think if they had continued... I I think this season was structured correctly. Because we wouldn't have wanted Angel firing the gang and you know, the whole thing with Darla and Drusilla happened at the right time. But stretching out the kind of Dark Angel, the Jessica Alba arc, as I'm going to call it from now on, to the end of the season would have been way too long. Also, um, it would have had the whole... Angel trying to make good with everybody um, at the beginning of season three. And it's like, yeah. do we really need that carryover? Because, I mean, while it is necessary, I I just am not the biggest fan of that, of taking too many episodes to get to that point. It has, yeah, exactly. It has to happen. But, yeah, all I think everything that happened, even if we didn't love all the episodes during that time, I do think everything happened at the right pace. But we still had, you know, like three episodes to go and um i i do think that yeah part of this is this was a really bleak season let's go on a kind of a wacky medieval adventure that lightens up you know that kind of clears the air out of a dark season gives some levity for people watching both shows for how dark it's getting over on Buffy and provides a reason why Buffy isn't calling in every single fucking resource that she has after Dawn is kidnapped by Glory because they're off in another goddamn dimension. And also, I mean, stuff that happens in Pylea, uh, particularly concerning one character, is important for the future of Angel. So it's not like this is just a It's not throwaway, yeah. And, and this is fun. Um, yeah, I, this is a fun episode. Um, it's got a lot of humor in it, um, but it's still got that. Uh, it's still got that heart and soul of Angel. Um, I love that. Like, yeah, we pretty much reached where it's like th- this crew's just family now. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the uh, and I think especially when the guys uh, get to Pylea. That's when, like, the fun really starts. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to give this... I, I don't want to say this is more table setting. I just feel like this is more like kind of an intro to the Pylea story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not fantastic. It's just, like, pretty good. So I'm going to give it, like, three and a half out of five pigs for Cordelia. All right. Um, yeah, I agree. It is, like, this... It... I feel sorry for that half a pig. <laughs> <laughs> it is... Um... It's it is set up in a way that belonging kind of was too, but it's actually belonging was like set up for going to Pylea, and this is like set up now that we're there. Yeah. 
Um, I'm gonna, but it's it's very funny, and I just yeah. And now like we've got just solid Pylea action. Yeah. For the next two episodes. Yeah. I love, um, like Mild you said, <laughs> I love as you said the the they're a family now, and I there's like the moment where that all he has to say, all Angel has to say is it's Cordelia, and everyone's like, yeah, we're on board, mm-hmm. and um, he makes a. He makes a similar statement mm-hmm. in, a, in a certain episode of season five. That I was is, literally just thinking the same thing. Just fuck. Like all sorts I, of emotions. Wish my drink wasn't gone. <laughs> That's an episode that I think I'm going to have to pour myself a double. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, guys. Angel does get bleak again. Why <laughs> does it? Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Um, yeah. I. Uh, but it's, it, and it's funny and it's... Um, I literally my only complaint is we don't get to see the moment the gun changes his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna give this episode um, uh, four puppy hell beasts out of five. Oh, yeah. I love that popper. Um, so uh, anything before we head back into the grim world of Buffy? Oh, I thought you were about to say like the grim world that we currently live in. I mean that too. <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. Well, take us out. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Buffy Season 5, Episode 21, The Weight of the World. We hopefully will have a a guest on that episode. I've actually not done my due diligence to confirm that yet, but... um... Um, uh, it should, regardless, it'll be a good episode, but, yeah. uh, but we might have someone joining us. It'd be fun if we did. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those instances. No ampersands here. No ampersands here because ampersands are not accepted across the board. We went through, I went through a lot of Gmail addresses before I found one that would like actually stick for everything. (laughs) Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify allows you to rate and review now. Uh, give our Facebook page a rating. Anywhere you can give us five stars or ten stars if they use a ten star rating. Oh, or like a IMDb. Thumbs up. Yeah, rate us on IMDb. I don't think we're on IMDb. I don't think we are. I think I might have one IMDb credit for a short film I made like ten years ago. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, yeah. Cool. I, I'm, I'm not... I was told I would get an IMDb credit. I've never actually checked. Um, anyway, uh, and, uh, do all of those things wherever you get podcasts. And, uh, each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we're highlighting the Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking. The Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking, or CAST, is a Los Angeles, hey, based nonprofit organization that is working to put an end to modern slavery and human trafficking through comprehensive life-transforming services to survivors, and a platform to advocate for groundbreaking policies and legislation. Visit www.castla.org for more information. Yes. And as always, go slay. And be gay.
Gay. Gay.